The Holy Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold the forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, many people say that seeing is believing, don't they? In fact, they don't just say it, they live it. And perhaps you do too. This means if someone tells you something remarkable, you, well, you want to see it for yourself. And perhaps this means that we acknowledge the sense of sight and maybe even the sense of touch as well as the senses by which we judge truth. If we see it or if we can touch it, then we can believe it. But this may also mean that 
we won't always believe what we hear unless we can confirm by the senses of sight and touch that what we've heard is actually true. But what if seeing is not believing? Or to put it another way, we often want to see things because we don't believe. For example, imagine that you are Thomas. For some reason, you weren't with the apostles on that night when Jesus came. You meet up with them later and they joyfully tell you of their experience of seeing the risen Lord. But you weren't there. You didn't see what they saw. So instead of believing the words of the apostles through your ears, you say you're not going to believe unless you see it for yourself. You don't believe your ears and you want your eyes to confirm this truth for you. In fact, you're not going to believe your ears and your eyes unless you put your fingers in the nail marks on Jesus' hands and thrust your hand into his speared side until you see and touch this news that you've just heard. You're not going to believe. After all, don't people say that seeing is believing? But that's the issue, isn't it? We want to see because we don't believe. And I think it's easy for us to relate with Thomas. Of those remaining apostles, he was the only one not there. But we weren't there either. You and I, we haven't had the chance to witness our risen Lord for ourselves and use our senses of sight and touch to confirm the good news of the resurrection. None of us were in that locked room and saw the risen Lord standing there among us. And this is why we have this story John's gospel account because, well, we weren't there. This true historical narrative was written down for all who, like Thomas, weren't in that room. And in some ways, Thomas, well, he was fortunate insofar as Jesus did come to him so that he could confirm this truth of the resurrection eight days later. But what about us? We still haven't been given the opportunity to see Jesus in the flesh and place our fingers into his wounds. And so we continue to struggle with our doubts and our fears. No matter what we hear In God's word, we still demand to see or experience certain things before we believe. 
And in this way, you and I, well, we are Thomas in this story. We are Thomas whenever we say or think certain things, certain things like this. Unless God answers my prayers the way that I want him to, then I won't believe. Unless I get something special out of this worship here today, then I don't think this church is any good for me. Unless I feel something when I'm baptized, confirmed, or when I receive Holy Communion, then I question its validity. Unless I get what I want or what I expect and can confirm it with my own sense of sight, sound, touch, or taste, or maybe even with my own emotions, then I won't believe. But these types of questions and statements, they mean we only want to meet God on our own terms. It shows that we are struggling to believe. It shows that we are like Thomas. So while we may believe, we still ask God, to help with our unbelief. And the strange thing about faith is that it never stops in one place. While we'd like to think that our faith will always increase and get better during our lives, it doesn't. It often wavers between faith and Doubt, trust, and suspicion. And some people expect that once you're baptized, once you are confirmed, once you've made a decision for Christ, or once you've received the faith, then everything's okay from that time on. But that's not true. Because at times we'll be strong in our faith. And then the next will be filled with doubt. And for this reason, we can also learn so much from Thomas. When he doubted or when he struggled to believe he didn't dismiss or ignore the fellowship with his fellow disciples. He didn't stay away. But he came back into that little congregation to hear, to see, and to touch. And we, we're encouraged to do the same. We're encouraged to hear the word of God read and explained to us. We use our sense of hearing so we may listen to God speaking to us through the scripture readings, 
through the proclaimed word in the sermon. We are also encouraged to attend the Lord's Supper, where we use our senses of touch and taste as we receive our risen Lord's body and blood on our fingers and on our lips and on our tongue. But while our senses of sight and touch and taste will tell us that this simply is bread and wine, while the Holy Spirit will ask our sense of hearing to be the more powerful sense so that we may believe what we hear, that this is Jesus' body and his blood given and shed for you, just as he promised. The fact is, a faith which doesn't constantly look to our Lord Jesus Christ and listen to him, well, it will slowly die. A faith which refuses to come into his presence and receive his spiritual benefits, well, it will shrivel up. A faith which makes demands for proof of God's love outside of the written word, the cross of Christ and his holy sacraments, well, it's in danger of leading to much despair. And this means that if we want to see and experience Jesus on our own terms, or if we want to keep away from the place where his people meet, then we're becoming unbelievers. Then just like Jesus said to Thomas, he says to you and me, Stop doubting and believe. Or literally stop becoming an unbeliever and become a believer. And this is why Thomas, in his time of doubt, went to the place where Jesus promised to be with his people. And in our own times of doubt, we need to do the same. After all, we know where Jesus promises to be. And it's wherever his people gather in his name. We know that his Holy Spirit is present as we hear the word of God read and proclaimed. We know Jesus promises to wash, adopt, forgive and Give new life to those whom he has called and chosen and baptized. We know Jesus promises his true body and blood. That it is present in his holy supper. Seeing is not always believing. Because the demand to see is a sign of our unbelief. But on the other hand, believing, believing is seeing. Faith instead gives us a greater sight 
so we may believe what we hear despite what we see or don't see. By believing what we hear, we see Jesus as our Lord and as our God. We stand beside Thomas and see Jesus as more than just a man. And by faith, we see Jesus as also the divine Son of God who came to suffer, die, and rise again for us so that by believing, we may have life in his name. By believing what we hear, we can see God truly comes to us. Hidden in times of Simple worship to grant forgiveness, peace, and hope. He comes to challenge our unbeliefs and comfort us through his spirit-filled words. He comes to wash us and claim us as his own people who will live with him forever. He comes and he wraps his body and his blood and humble bread and wine, and he offers them for us to eat and drink. He comes, hidden in the people, joined to him through faith, to love and to care for us and for others as neighbors. He comes, sometimes despite our best efforts, to lock him out. Yes, Thomas was blessed to see his Lord and Savior in the flesh and use his senses of sight and touch. But on the other hand, blessed are those who have not seen yet still believe because they trust in their sense of hearing, hearing their Lord. You and I, we are so blessed because we believe what we've heard. Jesus, he is our Lord and our God. Even though we haven't seen him with our own eyes or touched him with our own fingers. And through our faith in Jesus' word, our bodies will surely be resurrected and we will see Jesus in all his heavenly glory forever and ever. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, all of our seeing, all of our touching, may it bring you peace, just as it did the disciples when our Lord proclaimed peace, be with you. May he guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen.